Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now... Here's Angie Austin with the good news. Hello, everybody. This is producer Dave sitting in for Angie Austin this week. She's been gone all week because she's helping her son be- become a champion swimmer. Woohoo! And we're waiting. Uh, he's got he's got events all week long, and I know he's been working really really hard. And he just keeps coming in first over and over and whoop, over. Whoop. What That's happens cool. when you have a wonderful mom like that? I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just keep going, and so. Uh, but I'm fortunate enough uh, that Riley that Riley has kept Angie there, so that I get to do this with my friends. Oh, and Yay. you're so good at he it. Is. So, and I love yes. doing mm. this, and uh, I think it's my true calling is That's to help right. share is. this word, and I get to spend my time with you, uh, uh, Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life. She's always keeping us on track and always keeping us focused and making sure. That uh, we don't get overly emotional. <laughs> Good luck with that with cry. me. Because y'all like the crowd. I've seen you cry a couple times, though. So uh, yeah, I just want to say. But Do you have been... it on film? <laughs> it doesn't See? exist if you don't uh, have it on film. I'm not going to tell you if I do or not. See, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Luckily, we don't have a webcam in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we was all, I'm also here with uh, Jennifer Bishop. She's here to help us live our best life. Uh, right. She's got a wonderful Woo-hoo. line of different products that I know all the good news ladies like to enjoy. And <laughs> she, yes. uh, she's got a, you know, she really helps people. And it's a, a all natural, really good way to do it. But also, she brings the love of Christ with her. Amen. And then I have a. Donna Hetzler with us, and she's been uh, off and on, uh, you know, over the past couple of years with us. But recently, she hasn't been here as much as we'd like, but luckily she's been here all week. Yay. And uh, she's always helping everyone uh, empower everybody around them and make sure that everybody feels better. And I know uh, you have some pretty crazy stories for the Jericho girls of, uh, yes. of, of how you've turned people's lives around. I mean, just the one about the lady who lived in a cage or something you would never have noticed. It always right. sticks with me. I'm like, how could you live in a cage when you're at home and then go out and just live in the world and not shout it to everybody you exactly know. and it, I mean, she just looked like us i mean you'd never oh, you'd never mercy. know but she was somebody at the overwhelm conference and mm-hmm. um, wow. had yeah but that's something that struck me about you when i first met you was uh um you know i've i've known a lot of women in my life and i've never known any that build up other women so much i know i've oh, noticed that uh, women kind of tend to fight each other and to compete against each other and right. i think it's better to see teamwork and and building each other up rather than cutting each other down yes and we just had jericho girls um, go online so we're gather, uh, gathering together jericho girls gather and we had uh, someone who's speaking at overwhelm this year and she shared a very small clip of her uh, testimony and it was so powerful, powerful. Mm-hmm. and i had all sorts of text uh, her name is Carla Autry, and she's also our artist. She does all the design work and the um, logo for Overwhelmed, and she's going to be sharing more of that journey. But uh, ladies, we do it via Zoom, so we can all you know see each see. other and interact with each other. And, and there wasn't a dry eye, and it it's so ministered to so many. So it's been fun working with women. Right, and- I think that's cool that you're kind of spreading out to you. Don't even have to be here in town anymore. Right. You just yes. go online. You can be anywhere in the world now. Yes. I mean that's it's. It seems like such a big world, and then the internet comes along and makes oh, it yes. such a small makes place. Makes it easy, you know? yes. 
So, so yeah, and then, uh, you know, and we get to share the good news with all of our friends uh, um, every day here on Angie Austin, you know, the good news with Angie Austin and friends. And um, today I have a very, really cool story. I didn't know about this place. I think that it's, it's uh, something that we really should share. It's something that people should know about. Um, so this place is uh, Boyd Hooper. He, he's he's uh, Angie actually knows him. I've been listening to him for I can't I mean for as long as I can remember. I've been listening to these stories from Care Eleven, the land of ten thousand stories. And Boyd Hooper's kind of made his whole like cut his own niche and turned it into this whole thing where he actually shares the good things that are happening in the world yeah. rather than yeah. the doom and gloom and horrible mm-hmm. things. And you know sometimes you gotta you go online or you watch the news you see all these things it seems like there's no goodness in the world there's no good news to share but there really is and angie's always saying these kinds of good news stories are the ones that go the biggest viral these are the ones that spread to the most people because we get so many they're real yeah they're real and it's everyone not manufactured or the 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 um what do they call it reality tv that's so not Uh, reality yeah exactly yeah scripted reality Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yeah and so uh and everybody i mean i think most people are um familiar with Arlington National Cemetery. It's where a lot of our World War II vets are. It's a, a lot of people may remember the beginning of Saving Private Ryan is where he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's the rows and rows and rows of the white headstones and very powerful imagery. And um, I've actually been there and it's just like got this, it's got this magic power there. Um, and so I was, I found this thing about Fort Snelling which I'd never heard of Fort Snelling until I heard this Boyd Hooper thing, but it's they call it the Arlington of the West, and there's a lot of our veterans are there, and a lot, and I think that it's a really important to share these messages and share these stories, and and to have these, you know, this, it's just the sheer number of people is powerful enough, but then for the purposes and the causes that that put them there, mm-hmm. um, I think it's very important to share their stories, and I like to, I was never in the military, however, I do appreciate people that served. Um, I do appreciate people that served, and I, I like to tell people, and I show my kids that. Uh, it's funny, I saw this guy, he had a Vietnam hat, and I wasn't going to say anything at first. He looked really gruff, and he had this, like, twitchy eye thing going. And he just, <laughs> like, but I was like, you know what? I was with my boys. I think this is a really good example, and I just yeah. said, oh, excuse me, sir. My boys would like to, you know, thank you for your service. And, I, you know, and he just looked down and got the biggest smile on his face. He's like, well, thank you, sir. And he, like, shook my hand. My I, I teach my my boys, we say, how do you do? Oh, very fine. How are you? Right. Oh, okay. So and I like saying, how do you do? And so he's like, oh, hey, how do you do? And he's like, you know, that's kind of an outdated. <laughs> I outdated like it. Thing. I think it's kind of, kind of eclectic. But <laughs> but I think he really appreciated it. And I like showing my boys things like that. And so right. yeah. I like sharing stories where we get to appreciate our vets. Amen. Amen. For eight decades, they have held their ground. Against the advance of trains, planes, and automobiles, they've stood tall, giving not an inch to urban sprawl. This sea of souls in waves of graves. You'll never know just how much I miss you. At Fort Snelling, 
National Cemetery. And if I tried, I still couldn't hide my love for you. The future home of Anne Safin and the current address of her husband, Ronnie. I know you didn't want to go. And I know for your sake it was better, but I do miss you. I usually come twice, maybe three times a week to have lunch with him. Oh, you sweetheart. You are my love. Anne's husband died nearly two years ago. Like any good Marine, Ronnie could appreciate the order here, the symmetry, a place where privates and generals are entitled to the same slab of marble, two feet, turf to top. It's just almost like a parade with all the soldiers coming, <laughs> all in formation. Were it a city, Fort Snelling National Cemetery would be Minnesota's third largest, more than two and a half times the population of Duluth. 228,000 service people, their spouses, and young children, sharing America's fourth busiest National Cemetery. The first burial at uh, Fort Snelling National Cemetery back in July of 1939. A gentleman by the name of George Mallon. Uh, he was a Medal of Honor recipient from World War I. Farm fields surrounded the burial of Captain Mallon. With 436 empty acres of possibility. At the time, the newspaper articles built it as the Arlington of the West. Among the early burials, soldiers moved here from the former cemetery at Old Fort Snelling. This is where a lot of the disinterments and reinterments were done. Poor record keeping at the fort meant 280 arrived, unknown. But even they earned a space all the riches in the world cannot buy. Bill Gates cannot be buried in this cemetery because he didn't earn the right to be buried here. But Carolyn K. Benjamin did, paid by the military service of Larry Benjamin. My wife, she was a very loving, nurturing person. And just being here gives you a sense of some peace or comfort. Yeah. The beauty of this area, even the birds or the animals you occasionally see out here just to give you a a sense of love for my wife. Think of every one of these headstones as being a, a brick in a national shrine. A shrine to the dead, yet living and evolving, with 5,300 new arrivals each year. On behalf of the president, the Armed Forces of the United States and a grateful nation is of honor I present to this flag as a symbol of the great republic for which William so honorably served. Fort Snelling National Cemetery. It's like a, a fraternity in a way. It's a special place for special people. Amid the rush of progress, a place of tranquility. Amid the deceased, a respite for the living. Mm, I love you, sugar. Oh, my boy. And in a world of broken promises, one kept. I'll see you soon, sweetheart. I'll be back. Ooh. So I thought that was really cool. It's uh, it's really great. I, I like spreading the message because yes. it's just uh, something that maybe not that many people know about. And I just all the different stories. That's always what I think. When, when I was in Arlington, 
I was just looking at the rows and rows and rows of all these headstones, and I'm mm -hmm. like, every single one of these men has a powerful story that mm -hmm. you know that somebody comes and visits. Somebody's missing them. They they died for a reason. They died they died for me, so I could stand here and stand in awe of them. So yeah. right, both both of my parents are at Fort Logan here in Denver, and um, I love. I love Fort Logan. I love that no matter what rank, what whatever, everybody's grave is the same. Oh yeah. And that's I just to me that's just so awesome because that's how we God sees us. We're all God's children. That's right. And I love uh, yeah. I I figured out like fourteen point five people per day at Fort mm -hmm. Snelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's about right. Just crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And it's a beautiful place too. And that like that, mm -hmm. that woman that was there talking to her husband and she just kept like touching the headstone and kinda of kissing and she just sits there and sits in the grass in the sunshine and has lunch a couple times a week with her husband and oh, I don't even like sweet. thinking about not being with my wife, you know. So Right. I know mm -hmm. I'm still recovering over here trying to hold back the tears because I'm right directly across from B and I'm gonna get the line. Yeah. You white girls cry all the time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Y'all won't cry over this young girl. That's a, this is an okay thing? Yeah. All right. Okay, cry. good. Well you know I've got a friend in California and he always says um, he comes for Christmas and he's six foot like my husband, burly guy, and we say nice things about each other at Christmas. And what we only at Christmas, uh, just at Christmas. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm kidding. we are Italians. No, <laughs> but at Christmas, we talk about you know what was our blessing? How did we see God move through the years, um, especially this you know past year? And then we talk about our friendship and our families, and you know, we honor the, the other people that are there with us. And so, long story short, is he always tears up, and I've never seen Eric cry. And his line is, I got pepper in my eye. Oh, yeah, so pepper in the eye is the deal, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. so. <laughs> I have pepper in the eye over here over this story. Mm. But no, it's it's, it's just uh, heart-wrenching to hear this wife's, um, how mm. she's missing. You know, freedom is not free. And mm. we take that for granted so many times. And it's not until I hear, you know, Beatrice's story um, and stories from serving or uh, my friend Joe, who has served for many years, and, and just to hear, um, you know, what it costs to to bring us that good freedom. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, It comes with a big price. Mm-hmm. It's something we should remember because not everyone served. And those of us that did, it's not a matter of being prideful or anything. It's just a matter of setting aside the time and giving our lives to this great country. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't care who's the president in the red house, the white house, the blue house, the outhouse. <laughs> I don't care. We're still Americans. Amen. Right. This is still a great country. We it ain't is. got to make it great again. Just continue to be great. We are great. Yes. Amen. You know, I, our son, when he signed up to be a Marine, now he's 20. It's been over two years. Actually, he signed when he was 17, so it's been three years since he um, got in. It's it's like, why? Why, you know, in today's craziness mm -hmm. and it's love of country. Yeah. It's a calling. Oh, it's, he is. He is a protector. He is yeah. a warrior. He oh, yeah. loves taking care of people. Right. And I, I'm like, but, 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 but. I know. I'm like, no, okay, there's my baby. But if there's a, the good news to all of it mm. is um, dying for what, you know, you are called to do. I mean, absolutely. What better way to, you know, I talk to my husband about road racing all the time. He feels it's a calling, you know, to road race. And he's like, we can die crossing the street. And, That's you know, true. why not live 
as you know as full as you can take risks i mean totally experience life yeah. to the fullest so if there's a good news part of the story is you know these people die for what they're calling what they really are convicted and believe yeah. what better way yeah he, he said if i die it's what i love mm -hmm. and i'm like how can i take you know i when he first signed up at 17 other moms are like you're gonna allow him and i'm like well one he's gonna do it like once he turns 18 exactly. if i don't support right. him yeah. and two i'm like he this is in his heart this is like really it's in his dna it's in every cell of his body right well how does that bible verse go god loves those who've been called to their purpose or something like yes. that. yes for those who are called to their purpose yeah. i can't remember oh uh, yes yes it's gonna come to us like hold up we gotta get that he's looking at us but I, that's the for whole those point who of are that. called or ordained, yes. those yeah, ordained are called. yes point of that of that would be that yeah for you know there's a special place and when you when you find your purpose and you follow through with where God's pointing you right then that's where uh, you're going to survive or it's where you're going to thrive and you know it's where you'll be happiest is this our producer that used to sit back there and go those thumpers now you're quoting scripture <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> I love it <laughs> Miss <laughs> like Beatrice, she looks at him. Miss <laughs> B's looking over through the glass. My life's a little bit different than it was two years ago. Amen, right? <laughs> and it will continue, right, right. you know, and, and it's it holding on and holding on and being faithful. And yeah, it's, mm hmm. Did you find it, B? Second Timothy 1, All right. 1 and 9. And this one is a little bit different from the one that y'all are talking about. But who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given in Christ Jesus before the world began. Mm. So everything there. that we're doing, it's because God already preordained it right. before we even came into the world, before the world even existed. No, I'm going through some crazy times in my life right now. And I just keep holding on to scripture and saying, I don't know what's your, what's going on, God. And, but you know, if I'm doing something you don't want, put up a roadblock, yeah. like I have never seen it before. And I have this peace that surpasses all understanding. And I'm like, if I'm living in peace, then I, you know, that I feel good about what I'm doing. Yeah. And okay. I found it. There you go. Um, so it's Romans. I love Romans. 8.30, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Mm -hmm. Those he justified, he also glorified. And I love this scripture, because I heard a sermon preached on this, just this one line. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And the whole idea of the sermon was the word if mm -hmm. is translated to the original language to since. So since God is for us, who can be against us? Mm, amen. Right. I love that. So. I was reminded, though, just now when you said uh, put up a roadblock if I'm doing something, it, it always reminds me of when you're like, God, just give me a sign. It's like <laughs> <laughs> any sign at all, any sign at all. Yeah. <laughs> Make that bush burn over there and talk to me, darn it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sometimes it's difficult to recognize the signs. You know, uh, and you talk about that. You're like, hey, somebody, you know, I need God's help. And then um, I think there's a joke or something. Something. It's like where I just need anybody help, and then somebody knocks on the door, and and then they're but like, "Oh no, you. no, get away, not get you. away, get away!" You know, I was like, "No, I was asking God, I was asking God," mm -hmm. and God keeps sending the people. I can't remember how it goes, but God keeps sending people, and 
And uh, you're just like, no, no, no. And you're like looking for, I don't know what it, what it would be, divine intervention, I guess, at right. that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we overthink things, too. We <laughs> ask God for, you know, show us a sign, and it's something simple. And you're like, well, that can't be it. Give me another sign. Yeah, you and know? another, and well, another. Who was it uh, that had asked the fleece to be wet, the blanket? Uh, oh, I'm thinking. Gideon, yes. All right. Well, you did that once, but now you know, make it dry instead of wet. You know, we we tend to, mm-hmm. you know, not see give those God signs. these parameters. Right. Like, like we can fit him in a box, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm glad I've been called to this purpose because mm-hmm. uh, I love doing we this are job, too. and uh, I love the show, and I love hanging out with you guys all week long. Ditto. It's mm-hmm. really Us been a too. fun week, and um, you know, uh, I'm glad Angie's not not here this week but i'm glad she'll be back next week yeah absolutely. <laughs> she does yes. something that i really uh that she just does it over and over and over again and she's always doing she's it, always so. awesome yes. that's good that she Love has to be with riley Austin. and mm-hmm. you know yeah. just support her son and turn him into the next michael phelps like right, you said exactly. <laughs> so thanks again for being here ladies yeah. and everyone thank, thank you, you for, for listening. listening and please stick with us uh we got a couple more segments and we'll see you later Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. It's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like the tax write-off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off, and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Ark Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items, and leave you your tax write-off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303-238-JANE, 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. Uh, they help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items about once every month or two. And I call 303-238-JANE, and they come right to my house with a truck, and they pick everything up. Check it out. Again, 303-238-JANE. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to The Good News. If you like The Good News program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com. AngieAustinRadio.com. Radio.com. Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Thanks for tuning in to this encore presentation of The Good News with Angie Austin. Welcome back. Well, last week, Pastor Kurt Bubna from East Point Church in Spokane, Washington, joined us. And uh, we've talked about his book on marriage, uh, how to rekindle marriage and get it back on track, and his book, Epic Grace. But he mentioned his blog on going to Rwanda, and he'd written a blog about uh, called Out of Africa, and four lessons I learned. So, Kurt, welcome back. 
Thanks, Angie. It's always great to be with you and your listeners. Well, when you brought this trip up, I thought we've got to have you back to talk about this. We can't let this opportunity pass. So talk about why you went there, how the trip came about. And then I want to get into the lessons, of course. But how does one go on a trip and get involved with uh, you know, a, a missions trip to Rwanda? Well, I uh, have the privilege of working with Saddleback and what they call the Peace Initiative. And Saddleback Church and Rick Warren has been very involved for over 10 years in Rwanda, in Africa. And uh, in fact, a lot of people don't know this. Rick has dual citizenship and he's on the president's cabinet, the president of Rwanda. So he's had huge influence. And they, uh, they've they literally changed the face of that country. The the Christians there, the church there has been wow. so united. A lot of people remember, especially if they're my age, back 1994, the genocide that happened where over 1.3 million people were killed, brutally killed. Yeah. Uh, and that was, again, quite a while ago. But since then, uh, God has just done a miracle in that, that country. It's one of the safest uh, countries in the continent of Africa. Uh, one of the, it's, they, they will not tolerate corruption. Uh, they're one of the fastest growing com- um, nations on, on the continent. Uh, still a lot of poverty, still a lot of brokenness. But the church, and this is the thing it just and totally, it's my first time there. I've been all over the world, but my first time to Africa. And the church there, I mean, I was with Anglican and Baptist and Methodist and Pentecostals. I was there with, with a wide variety of the, the church, and they are working together to change that country. Wow. And I was just privileged to go to uh, be a part of the All African Pastors Gathering, and to meet these guys to learn how we can help support um, uh, some other churches in the region. Okay, so to recap, you were invited to be part of this All African Pastors Gathering in Rwanda, and uh, very excited about that. And then you go on to say that Africa did not disappoint. So let's talk about uh, you know getting there, arriving there, what you did, and then I want to find about the uh, find out about the lessons you learned. <laughs> getting there is the hard part. Uh, from my home, it was 30 hours from airport to airport. Wow. Um, I had uh, a, quite a trip. Um, but once I got off the plane in Rwanda, uh, I, instantly, I just, I, I, I was amazed. I was blown away by the people. Uh, the average family in Rwanda, again, a lot of poverty there still. Uh, they're improving, but uh, they typically have four or five kids. And the uh, length, the um, most people live, their life expectancy is about 55 so it's a very young nation, very young children everywhere. So the first thing you run into is kids. And I, you know, I love kids. I'm, I'm a grandpa, eight grandchildren, four children of my own. And I, I'm just a kid magnet. I love them. And uh, the children are everywhere. And they just fascinated me. Their joy. They're, these are kids that have, I mean, I watch kids. You've seen the programs. You've seen, you know, but these kids play with rocks. They play with sticks. They play with old tires. And they just have the smiles from ear to ear. They just rob your heart. They steal your heart. And they love Jesus. You know, many of these children, again, have been greatly influenced by the church, and they have this amazing relationship with God. So that was the first thing that struck me as the kids. I loved mm-hmm. them. Kids, at having so little, uh, including even their clothing, you know, very little of anything, and having such joy. I think that's an interesting situation, because we think of our own children who complain when they don't get a treat after dinner, or they don't get to go to an expensive, you know, um, trampoline jumping place, or maybe even do a sport that is like, whoa, hockey and swimming and soccer. That's a lot of equipment to have to buy. Like a lot of parents can't afford this stuff. And our kids complain about the smallest things. And then you see these kids with so little filled with so much joy. I wonder why they're so joyful. You know, I, my suspicion is, and Jesus talked about this in Matthew 6, that, uh, you know, we shouldn't worry about life that we need to put the kingdom first. And these are people that they don't have a lot to worry about. Uh, one of the lessons I learned is that, you know, I'm reminded um, in the context of what I saw there, that 
we need we need to embrace simplicity. You know, more stuff doesn't automa- automatically make you happier. It, it doesn't. In fact, an old pastor friend of mine who's gone to be with Jesus several years ago, he used to say, the more you have, the more you worry. Oh, yeah. And True. I think he was right. And again, I, you know, I grew up uh, around missionaries. I went to, I was grew up in a Christian Missionary Alliance church. Uh, I, I, I have more missionaries in my family than most people have family. And I used to, as a kid, I remember sitting there listening to the missionaries come through and they do their, what felt like about a nine hour slideshow. And I was bored to tears. And, and I remember always feeling guilty that I had a bike and that I had two pairs of shoes and these kids didn't have any and that I got to eat ice cream and they didn't have, you know, rice. And I, I don't by no means want, you know, anybody listening to this to feel guilty or shamed because of what they have. But I do think we need a different perspective. I think we need to understand that what we have is not the key to happiness, never has really been, never will be. And that's the mistake a lot of Americans, a lot of Westerners make, is that we think more stuff makes us happy. Uh, you know what? It doesn't. I'm 59 years old. I can guarantee you it doesn't. The more you have, the more you worry. And so that was one of the great lessons I learned. So these kids, they they, uh, they really are. I, you want to joy. You go to my website, look at the, the pictures that I have. Some of the kids, the, the joy on their face is unmistakable. And I saw that in hundreds and hundreds of children and family all over the, the country. Well, I'm looking at one of the pictures right now, and I agree with you. I can see that in their eyes, their face, their smiles. But also there's a picture of a boy working really hard, lifting a lot of branches that are tied together over his head. So uh, apparently responsibilities, I understand, for uh, children in Africa, in R- Rwanda, specifically where you were, where they're expected to do and perform some adult activity. Like they're really supposed to pull the pull their own weight. Yeah, everybody's engaged. Uh, and it, it, the amazing thing, I, I said, typically the families have four or five children. Uh, it's the older children that care for the younger children. Interesting. Uh, and often because, you know, mom and dad are working or they're trying to, I mean, just making a meal. Um, they're, the, what the picture you're referring to is that uh, Rwanda is a beautiful country. And part of the reason for that is it's against the law to cut down trees. You know, I've been to India and Nepal, and they've been completely deforested. Interesting. Um, and so that's illegal to cut trees down. So what they do is they look for branches or they look for, um, I think what he's carrying is probably some bamboo, but they look for anything they can because they have to make a fire to cook their food every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's wow. rare, rare for the villagers don't have, you know, propane or gas or electricity. Uh, so it's it, but every, yeah, everybody in the family contributes because they have to for survival. But they grow up with that. They they work very hard. They have a high work ethic. Well, again, if you're just uh, joining us, uh, Pastor Kurt Bubna uh, joined us last week to talk about Good Friday, and uh, he's a recurring guest. And he went to Rwanda, and so we're talking about the four lessons he learned. So let's keep on rolling. Well, another one, and this is something. My trip there, I mentioned, it's thirty hours from airport to airport. It was one. You know, horrible. <laughs> I was supposed to have 50 minutes in Amsterdam to catch my next flight. I ended up having 25. Oh, boy. Uh, Amsterdam's a huge airport. They closed the gate 15 minutes before the next plane oh. leaves. So I had 10 minutes. Wow. I'm one of those guys you see jumping over children and suitcases, running through the airport, trying to get to the gate. Oh, my Got goodness. to the gate just as the guy closed the door. And I went up to him. And the Danish people... Um, Let's just say that they they don't have a fond relationship with most Americans. Oh, okay. And so <laughs> I, I walk up to this guy and I go, dude, you know, and that's exactly what I said. Dude, you got to let me on this plane. And he's like, no, I don't. 
And I said, man, there's only one flight a day. I've been on the plane for already for 20 hours. Please, please. He said, well, your bags won't make it. I said, I don't care. Just get me on there. And he did. And I made it 10 hours later to Rwanda. And I didn't have my bags ready. Four days. <laughs> and I made the wow. rookie mistake of not carrying any extra clothes with me oh, on the plane. No, yeah, so I was, never do that. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. So uh, I, I was four days uh, in the same a set of clothes, and uh, but then some get stressed out. Certainly, the, one of the lessons was, you know what? There's so many things in life that we stress out over that we really don't need to stress out over. Yeah, we 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 need to expect the unexpected and, and not stress out over things that we have no control over. And I don't know why it's taking me so long to figure this out. Again, I'm an old guy, but we have very little control over hardly anything. So expect and, the unexpected, and I might add a sidebar: also plan ahead. I, yeah. lo- I you know it's so funny that you because I do have my kids oftentimes as well uh, pack clothes in their backpack just in case because there was only one time in my entire life that I didn't have a suitcase and I went on spring break in Mexico and Uh-oh. they actually sent my luggage home to my house so for one week on spring break I had nothing and so yeah. you know I mean that so I I I say plan ahead so but you learned a very valuable lesson embrace embrace simplicity as a friend and you were there to help us. So it really didn't matter how great you looked. You might not have smelled so great, but whatever. <laughs> oh, I just, I just kept rinsing my clothes out. But yeah, you know, we stress out over things. And it, it was a great reminder to me. Listen, I'm in a foreign country, far from home. Uh, there's There are things that I can control, like my attitude, but there are a lot of things I can't control. And the best thing I can do is just say, okay, you know what? I'm here today. I'm breathing today. I've got food today. I've got friends around me today. Uh, I get to be uh, make a difference for the, hopefully for the kingdom today, and that's all that really matters. So stressing out, and this is again, I I would be the first. My wife, if she was listening to this right now, she'd be smiling because she knows I worry about everything. That's I stress out funny. over stupid little things, and I and it's like God keeps taking me around this mountain over and over and over again. Boob, now how many times are you going to have to go through this before you figure out? Listen, there are, there are things way more important, way more important that, that you stress out over stuff that's just not. And that's, that was a great lesson. And going into the trip, um, I, from the rest of that point out, once I decided, you know what? Okay, I'm just going to go with the flow. The next eight days were awesome. All right. So then what, what happened? So you say, um, expect the unexpected. That was one of your lessons. So you get there, you get the same clothes. What kinds of things are you doing while you're in Rwanda before you learn these other lessons? Well, we went up to Kivu Lake, which is on the western um, side of the country. It's about three, four hours from Kigali, the capital. Way up in the it's, uh, elevation is pretty high. It's like Denver, about a mile high. Uh, unbelievably gorgeous. Just beautiful, beautiful uh, place. Villagers, though, have nothing. The uh, um, a typical person there you know, doesn't even have electricity in their home. Uh, one of the people we visited, she uh, was proud to say that she just recently bought a front door for her home. And wow. you know, so you know, this is just the way they live. But we were there uh, to meet. I, I was there to meet with people to find out how uh, the peace initiative is working there in those villages. Uh, one example, uh, there are very few hospitals in the western part of the, the uh, country. And so the peace initiative has trained almost 5,000 healthcare workers to go from village to village. These are all Christians. They're not nurses. They're not nurses. They're not doctors, but they're people that have been given some very basic training, skill training. They go into these villages and they give the training to the people there. Like simple things that we take for granted, Uh, boil your water, hang your clothes in the sunlight so they can get disinfected. Uh, there's AIDS is still huge, huge issue there. We don't hear about it in America much because it doesn't make the press anymore. 
but uh, I was set in a group of an age support group at, at a church, 40 people. I'm going to guess the average age was 25. And uh, every one of them, uh, mothers with babies in their arms, uh, men, uh, women, all have AIDS. And, uh, but what's happened is they, they have trained people to go in and help support these people, uh, help them remember to take their medication, uh, teach them what to do, how to do it. So my, my job really was to be an observer. I was going there to get an education and then to find out how uh, our church could partner with a church there and serving them and helping them and uh, be a part of the Peace Initiative in, in Rwanda. Well, and you mentioned too in the article about, um, you know, many of the homes were no more than shacks without air conditioning, without screens, without carpeting. Uh, the people don't have pets. Uh, they might have a goat or something, but that's, you know, for, for milk. Yeah. And uh, you said TV, very rare in these villages and that they're not driving around in cars. No, no, they, they walk almost everywhere. And I, uh, I never saw a dog. That's, I, you know, again, I've been all over the, the world and everywhere else I've gone in third world countries, I've seen dogs everywhere. Uh, usually they're scavengers. I see one dog. Uh, I, I did see one cat. I'm not sure if it was wild or not, but uh, yeah, they just don't have a lot of those things. Uh, but what they do have is a love for for Jesus, a love for their family, uh, a love for others, uh, and that's why the church is literally exploding in growth over there. Is because the church has really loved people in His name. And then it was just it was. It's, you see in the unit. That's another thing. I came back. And I thought, you know what? What would happen? If in my town, if the church, rather than just the, the pastors, the ministers getting together once a month for a ministerial association meeting, yeah. where, we usually, where we gather at the lowest common denominator, trying to make sure that we could play nice. What if we actually did things together? That'd be so cool. <laughs> what if a we great actually idea. demonstrated to our city that, you know what, I don't agree with that guy and everything theologically, you know, but so what? Well, in terms of your lessons, you talked about expect the unexpected, and then they don't have much. You said embrace simplicity because the more stuff you have, it doesn't make you happier. And then I love your next lesson. Kindness is a universal language. Let's talk about that and why you learned more about that in Rwanda. Well, before going, I tried to download some uh, YouTube videos and to learn a little bit. Kirawanda is the language they speak there. Uh, a lot of the people in the city speak English as well, and some of them speak French. But the villagers, for the most part, it's just Kirawanda. So I tried to learn some phrases, and I butchered them every time. You know, I, I, every time I'd say something, I think they would giggle because I'm sure I was sounding very American. <laughs> but then it dawned on me, you know what? Um, if I could give these people a hug, if I can look them in the eye and, and they see in my eyes a genuine respect for them. Sometimes we Americans walk in these terrible situations mm -hmm. and we start, we treat people like, you know, they're lower than us. These people are just as valuable to God as I am. Right. And, and maybe more so. Right. And, and if for them to see in my eyes and in, in the contact, for me to listen uh, as they try to sometimes speak in their broken English and to just lean in and to really give them the time, you know, kindness really is a universal language. And, and I think in our culture nowadays, this is something we've forgotten. Yeah. I, watch, I look at the current political landscape and it disgusts me, frankly. Mm -hmm. And it's because where's the kindness? Where's where's the common decency of just being kind? And we try to teach our kids when they're growing up, you know, you may not like what your brother just did, but your response is kindness. You may not like what's going on around you, but choose to take the high road, be kind. And, and so I, again, I got reminded of that in Rwanda, just even though they couldn't understand me and half the time I couldn't understand them, there was a deep connection. 
And Love kindness that. is that connection. It's kindness kindness is, the connection. is the universal language. All right. Another lesson you said you uh, learned, Pastor Bubna, while you were in Rwanda, was we take Westerners, we as Westerners, pardon me, take too much for granted. Talk about why that really was driven home <laughs> in Rwanda. Again, I've traveled a lot, but um, every time I go, it's a, I'm immediately reminded of things like soft toilet paper that um, uh, matters, uh, drinkable water. Uh, almost every day, multiple times during the day, we'd have brownouts. Or they'd, they'd lose the power. I'm in a in Kigali, Kigali, one of the nicer hotels in Kigali, and uh, uh, it, it, it half the time AC wasn't on or the power was off. Oof. The things that we just take for granted. And again, I, not for a second am I trying to shame or guilt people. What I what I I felt God was reminding me is, you know, I. I have a, an entitlement mentality too often where I just expect things to be the way they are and rather than a, a really being grateful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my relatively pampered life, and I would be the first to admit that that's my life, uh, doesn't lend itself to thankfulness. And I tell you, when you're over there and uh, suddenly, you know, the power comes back on and the AC comes back on, your response is, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I thought, well, why don't I live that way here? You know, when I turn on the water in America and I actually am able to drink the water from the tap, you know, not every time, but do I, has there ever been a time where I actually turned the water on and said, God, thank you for this, this that I can get right here from my sink that is drinkable and it's not going to kill me. Yeah. And so I think it's, um, it's a, again, a, a shift in our mentality, shift in our understanding where we uh, are grateful for what we do have and literally walk in thankfulness. We have so much to be thankful for. So All right. Much. So the four lessons from Rwanda, Pastor Bubna, expect the unexpected, uh, stop worrying, embrace simplic- simplicity, stuff doesn't make you happy. Kindness is a universal language, even if you don't speak the same language, and be grateful. Stop uh, taking so much of your life for granted granted, and complaining about the little things in life. So um, what, as we wrap up the interview, what do you want people to take away from this the week after Easter well, you know, I hope that um, they hear my heart, that I, I'm not trying to, again, make people feel guilty for having a nice car uh, when most Rwandans don't even have a car. What I am doing is hoping that we'll see how incredibly blessed we are, and then from that, be willing to use what God's given to us to bless others. I went there to learn. I also went there to try and give a, what you know a little bit back, because God has given me so much. And I think that should be our attitude. As Christ followers, especially American Christ followers, we need to be people who say, God, you've given me so much. I've, I have so much to be grateful for. Now I want to give some back to you and to others. Well, and I love the idea last week uh, you talked about uh, picking up our cross daily as Christians and denying ourselves and that there's an 80-20 rule in a lot of churches that um, 80% of people watch, 20% of the mm-hmm. people actually doing. Uh, and again, if you want to uh, check out Kurt and his books, Epic Grace, and also Mr. and Mrs. How to Thrive in a Perfectly Imperfect Marriage, they can go to your website, which is? Youareperfectlyimperfect.com. Youareperfectlyimperfect.com. Excellent. God bless you, Kurt Bubna. Thanks for joining us again on the good news. Always a pleasure, Angie. God bless you. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC, and when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassador. They help people in our community. 
Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-JANE. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. uh, Yep, absolutely. Uh, A small, big, medium. They'll bring the truck right on over. What's the number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. 303-238-JANE. ARCthrift.org. Does uh, ARC make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. You are special. ARCthrift.org. As are you, babe. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for ARC? I love ARC. There is so much fun stuff to do at the YMCA of the Rockies this summer, you're never going to want to leave. Come fill your days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. At YMCA Snow Mountain Ranch, we are celebrating our first summer at the Spruce Saddle Adventure Park, featuring a zip line, rock climbing, slack lines, and a pendulum swing, all part of a unique playground designed to ignite the spirit of even the youngest adventurers. The Spruce Saddle Adventure Park is located right next to our famous summer tube hill and our world-class dog park. YMCA has made Snow Mountain Ranch the place where the entire family can adventure together. YMCA Snow Mountain Ranch is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to snowmountainranch.org. Fill your summer with fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Book your stay at snowmountainranch.org today. Hey, welcome back to The Good News. Angie Austin here. You've heard me talk many times about my experiences over the years, decades really, at YMCA The Rockies. My family and I, we go up there several times a year, and my daughter Hope cries when we leave because she thinks it's like our place, our cabin. And so I'm so thankful for the memories they've helped provide, not just my family, but other families as well, but also the wholesome Christian experience you have in the outdoors when you go up there. I just spent about five days up at the Y, and it was one of the best vacations my family's ever had, which I don't know how you could keep topping it. And I met Dave DeLuca. He's the center uh, director at the YMCA of the Rockies at the Estes Park location. And Dave, you took me on a tour, and I hit you up for an interview. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me. I have to say that one of the things that really strikes me about the Y and that I, why I want to share it with other Christian people and Christian families is they um it's wholesome like the young people that work there i i like to kind of interview them like a reporter like oh you know why are you here for the summer or whenever we go up there and uh you know have you ever been here before and uh nine out of ten times they've been there as kids and they love it so much that they've come back and that they really are good wholesome christian kids my husband even said dave i didn't know they had millennials like this anymore (laughs) well i'm i'm very proud of our summer staff they are uh an incredible group of, of both young people and, and not so young. We have a, a large senior contingent as well of, of volunteers who come and join us every year. But the young people are caring. They, uh, they are living their Christian mission. They are serving our guests to the best of their ability, and they do it with such grace and such enthusiasm. They, uh, they help keep me young. I want to give you one example of just like just a young person that really impressed me. So his name is Nate. He works in housekeeping. And he happened to be watching the rock climbers. So I turned to him and said, do you um, work in, um, in the rock climbing department? He said, no, I'm in housekeeping, but I really like rock climbing. 
So he proceeded, Dave DeLuca, to give my three kids tips, and it brings tears to my eyes. He found out when they were coming back the next day, because my son had been climbing for three hours, and he couldn't make it to the top of the most difficult route. And so he said, Riley, you're probably tired. You know, you've been climbing for three hours. Try it tomorrow. He found out when they'd be coming back, and on his own time off, came back to help my son and give him advice on how to reach the top. Well, that's a that's a wonderful story, and uh, I'm going to have to remember that and share that with with our other staff. But uh, it, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, we have about 550 young people who join us in the summer. They are committed to the Y mission. They're committed to a, a healthy uh, outdoor lifestyle. And even those folks that work in housekeeping or food service will find find their passions or, or find ways to enjoy their passions here. So I'm so pleased that, that Nate was able to interact with your kids. So neat. All right. Um, you mentioned the seniors volunteering there as well. Um, I have to tell you, over all the years that I've come up to the Y, and, you know, there's the roller skating, there's the swimming, there's the crafts, the horseback riding, the rock climbing. We did the zip lining for the first time. But also, Dave DeLuca, um, we, the, there's the hiking program. Now, you mentioned the seniors. Now, we had Dave, another Dave, uh, lead us on a hike. And I knew he was around 70, and I did this just one time a couple of years back. Well, I was hoping he'd still be there, and of course he was, and he let us on the, <laughs> he was. He led us on the Bible Point hike, and then Tom took us on the history hike. Sarah and mm-hmm. another Dave took us on the uh, another hike that was at, um, ended at night when we had headlamps on, and they hiked up four watermelons. But I have to tell you, to have somebody lead a hike that's turning 70, up there doing, I mean, not just little, you know, flower hikes. We're talking this dude does the real deal, all day long hikes. And my kids did not want to go, Dave. When I said, now, if we're going to go up to the Y, we have to do mommy's fun things, too. We're going to hike. And then they said this, ugh. I have to tell you, it was their, the highlight of their hike, of their uh, trip, pardon me. The hikes, that your hiking program is amazing, and it's free included like with your rooms. That's right. And I think you, you've uh, you've just described the crown jewel of the YMCA, the Rockies. Our, our hike master program, uh, we lead anywhere from five to ten hikes, primarily day hikes, of differing uh, challenge levels each day. And, uh, and the hike masters are an incredible group. Uh, they, there are some that have been back for 15 or 20 years. Some are paid, some are volunteers, but um, they impart their love of the Rockies to to our guests. And I know that they have uh, sparked a lifelong interest in hiking from a significant number of our guests. And I hope the same goes for your children. Well, uh, they definitely loved it. They couldn't stop talking about it. And if you want to look into all these programs, YMCAoftherockies.org, YMCAoftherockies.org. So thank you, Dave DeLuca, YMCA of the Rockies, Estes Park. Well, thank you, and thank you so much for sharing our story. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.